0: so lonely or maybe why am i so alone or maybe more correctly why do i feel so alone or perhaps let's communalize this why are we so lonely why are we so alone why do we feel so alone or can we universalize it maybe why is it so lonely why is there loneliness why is it so alone no that doesn't work let's stick with we we want to think about solitude we want to think about the ontological condition of solitude i.e being alone. And we also want to think about the effective condition of loneliness, i.e. feeling alone. What must conspire for these conditions to appear, or perhaps appear to us? What are the conditions for these conditions? And how do these conditions condition each other? More specifically, does the ontological condition of solitude affect the affective condition of loneliness? Or is it the other way around? Does the affective condition of loneliness affect the search for an ontology that is defined by solitude? To put it one way, do we desire an ontology that confirms the way we feel? Or, to put it another way, do we get the ontology we deserve. These are the questions we ask, but we'll be surprised if we get the answers we want, or if we wanted answers at all, which is an answer of its own, but would we be satisfied with that, or would it only confirm our worst suspicions? An interval is the gap between two notes in a scale. Intervals can be measured in ratios between the frequencies of the notes. So an octave has a ratio of 2 to 1, with the frequency of the high note in that interval exactly double that of the low note. Then you have the perfect fifth, which has a ratio of 3 to 2, then the perfect fourth, which has a ratio of 4 to 3, the major third is 5 to 4, and the minor sixth is 8 to 5. As a teenager and adolescent, I loved the minor sixth interval with all my heart. When I realised that it was the connection between my favourite songs, I couldn't believe that I'd discovered it. Which, though clearly I hadn't discovered it, for me I had, and that was enough. I couldn't tell you the first song in which I heard it, but I do remember that it was often on the softer songs on grunge albums. An acoustic track, maybe. Or the quiet bit of a song with quiet bits and loud bits. The ones that my friends would laugh at me for liking. The ones that spoke about something other than anger. I sought out these songs and sought out the feelings I felt when I listened to them. What were the feelings? Something similar to loneliness but without sadness. Perhaps a melancholy solitude. A solitude that was distant, apart from the world, but also turned towards it, observing it. 8 to 5, which is the ratio of the minor 6th interval, is the same ratio as most computer screens manufactured and sold between 2003 and 2008. 8 to 5 became more popular than the old 4 to 3 screens because of the prevalence of laptop computers and the increasing use of computers as ways to watch DVDs and other video content. (laughs) 8-5 8-5 was equivalent to 1610, and it's been nudged out, really, by the rise of 169, which is popular because of the dominance of 1080p as the standard for high-definition televisions, which are increasingly obtaining the functionality of computers and vice versa. Since 2011, almost no mass-market monitors are produced at the ratio of 8-5. to 5. It was just a phase. If 4-3 was the childhood and 169 is the adult, then 8-5 to 5 was the adolescent. Coincidentally or not, or whatever, 8 to 5 is a rational approximation of the golden ratio, with 8 and 5 both numbers in the Fibonacci sequence. This is meaningful and slash or not that meaningful, depending on whether you believe that maths is an underlying structure of reality or just another part of the problem. We have a feeling that there is an inconsistency in being, an inadequacy, a flaw repeated and multiplied, exaggerated and enlarged, bigger and bigger, until we can barely recognise it, until it's incomprehensible to us. We feel as though this inconsistency, this flaw, is bigger than our collective attempts to understand it. Why do we have this feeling? Well, if we were honest, this feeling might have come from a previous feeling, a feeling that we ourselves had this flaw, this inconsistency. We felt that we were inadequate to the world. We felt that we didn't quite match up, that we were somehow less solid than the things around us. The queasy feeling that if challenged by the world, we would surely have to back down or just disappear. And yes, let's be honest, let's really poke around in the abjected thoughts, things we thought we no longer thought. For a long time we felt as though other people were more solid than us, more complete. We felt like there was no gap between their inner and outer world while we ourselves were struggling to leap over that gap between our thoughts and the things we thought about. We felt as though we were inadequate to other people and that our inadequacy marked us out as alone. (laughs) Of course this feeling this very adolescent feeling well we felt we got over this feeling which we felt was as much a feeling of self-obsession as it was a feeling of depression we were reassured by everyone that everyone felt like this and that if they didn't feel like this then they weren't really feeling what they really felt but quietly in our ears we were also asked not to refer to this feeling because it was a little bit childish maybe and perhaps a little bit embarrassing to keep bringing up But the feeling remained, in general. We may have had a whole species behind us now, but still, the objects. They shamed us with their unshakable presence whilst we were ghosts to ourselves. Objects were more real than us, stronger than us. They sat there being observed, understanding nothing and knowing everything, and we just had to deal with it. That's what objects would have said if they spoke, deal with it, but they didn't say that. They didn't say anything. They were silent and their silence was part of their strength. But we would make them speak. We would force them to speak, and once they spoke, we would point out the inconsistencies in what they said. We would show them their inadequacies, and for these flaws we would shame them. We would bring them into the fold. Subjectivity for all, universal inadequacy. If we could not access the things, then the things should not access each other. The songs with the minor 6th interval that I'm playing are all from records I bought and listened to between the ages of 12 to about 16. I did find other songs that used the minor 6th interval but they weren't songs I listened to as a teenager and they were kind of bad. Though for anyone interested in minor pop cultural trivia, both the Downton Abbey soundtrack and the Final Countdown by Europe used the minor 6th interval as their base. <laughs> Another piece of pop cultural trivia, the soundtrack of the TV police series The Bill uses the minor 6th as well. For some reason it was written in a jazzy time signature of 7-8 and it also had a crazy synth solo at the end. When the theme tune was updated recently for a new series, the time signature had changed to the more standard form of 4-4 four, four, and they got rid of the synth solo. This is from After Hegel, an interview with Robert Pippin. Robert Pippin is a Hegelian philosopher that I have neither read nor endorsed. He says this kind of critique of human subjectivity is essentially the result of those Paul Recur called the masters of suspicion. Marx, Nietzsche and Freud. These are the first to suggest that the domain of conscious intention, decision and judgment is merely an appearance, while the true determinants of what we take ourselves to be consciously determining are actually inaccessible to consciousness. The domain of conscious attentiveness is a kind of illusion, a pretension to run the show of our own lives, whereas it is actually some manifestation of the relation between the mode of production and the relations of production in a given society, or the will to power, or the unconscious. What post-structuralism did, which is essentially a post-Heideggerian phenomenon, is intensify the scepticism about the possibility of running any show by destabilising the attempt to identify these so-called true forces of determination. The unconscious, the will to power, economic relations of class and so on. Such an intense scepticism that we could ever come to any determination about those latent forces leaves one in a condition of complete indeterminacy, a floating signifier. The minor sixth interval is used a lot. It's not as common as the perfect fifth, for example, but within pop music particularly, it's pretty standard. The songs I liked best were the ones that used the minor sixth interval to the exclusion of all others. Lou Reed famously said that two chords was fine, but with three you went into jazz. And though he might be overstating the case for simplicity, you can get what he's on about here. Something about discarding complexity in favour of focus. If adolescents are good at one thing, it's focus, and particularly focusing on how they're feeling. They don't focus on their feelings in an analytical way because I guess teenagers are solipsistic. My mum would have called this kind of focus wallowing. But it's this solipsism that gives them the focus to focus on the otherness of the things that they feel. Music is a way to conjure up feelings, not to reproduce feelings that have already been felt, but to produce feelings that somehow relate to previous feelings through similarity, i.e. through difference. You don't listen to the same song on repeat in order to reproduce the original feeling you felt when you first heard the song. You listen to the same song on repeat to experience the uncanny difference of the similarity between those feelings. And perhaps in order to feel a nostalgia for the first feeling that can now only be called up by failing to re-feel it. You don't repeat the same two chords over and over again in order to reproduce the original feeling of moving between those two chords. You repeat the same two chords over and over again in order to experience the profound difference of the similarity of moving between those two chords. You repeat the two chords to feel what those chords do differently each time they do repeat. And each time they do repeat, you can view the gap between similarity and sameness from a slightly different vantage point. The crack opens up, it goes further than you think. We wanted to return to the doubt, the inadequacy, but the voice in our ears told us we should not. It was better to leave those questions alone. But we felt it again and again, and we heard the echoes of those long-forgotten questions in the questions we now asked and were applauded for asking but we had a nagging feeling that the questions we now asked were just three-chord versions of the two-chord questions we'd previously asked, and we sought out fragments of thought that seemed to imply that we were right to feel what we felt to begin with, and that this feeling might be at the heart of not just what it is to be us, but what it is to be at all. These fragments told us that we are unable to comprehend the crack in being, not because it is incomprehensible to us, but because this incomprehension is what we are looking at, and it is from this incomprehension that the possibility of our comprehension stems. I wouldn't seek out songs which use the minor sixth interval. Not anymore. Not to the exclusion of all other intervals. I don't think I could listen to many of these songs on repeat. Not like I used to. I still search for the feeling I felt when I used to listen to these songs, but I no longer search for that feeling in music. These days, when I do feel it in music, it's a pleasant surprise. And part of the pleasantness of the surprise is the feeling surprised part, as if I no longer have the ability to access my solitude in the way I did when I was a teenager. Now, when I want to access that feeling of solitude, that feeling of productive loneliness, I normally have to take a longer route, come at it from an oblique angle, watch it from the corner of my eye. It's no good just telling us that we're lonely. We have to be ready to feel something like what you feel and feel that these feelings are different and that this difference is something we share. In that way we can be lonely together, equal in our solitude.